Did you take your meds already? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think I need to get back on my concerta. You said you... No, I'm joking. Okay. Not really. I just don't like concerta. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Dana with McKnight's of Magnolia. I have Leah here. And we are going to do a follow-up to Leah's previous podcast about mental health awareness specifically anxiety and depression in teenagers. So Leah, it's been a little over a month. Are you glad you did it? Do you regret doing it? I'm very happy that I did it. What made me excited to do this follow-up episode was the fact that there were people that I knew, that you knew, that we didn't know, reaching out about What I said and hearing that it was helping others, that made me really happy. A couple friends said that they liked it and they just shared a bit of their story with me and said that you're never alone. Mm -hmm. Some mothers that you know mentioned how it has helped their children. And I'm just thankful that I was able to help them just through sharing my own story. I was very nervous apprehensive even about putting that information out there. You were so diligent about saying that you really wanted to do it. And so I felt like I couldn't ignore it. I had to do it. I think I held my breath from the second I pressed (laughs) upload and made it public until I started getting comments and responses. And I was so overwhelmed, moved to tears even by just the community that rallied around you being so bold and being so brave and sharing your story. I realized that not only are you not alone, I felt that with the community, with the comments that we received that Your dad and I and Naya, we weren't alone in this in helping you deal with it. A lot of families reached out and said your words pretty much mirrored everything that they've been going through since COVID. A lot of kids around your age, maybe a year or two older, maybe a year or two younger, they have experienced the same exact things. And to be able to have a family put it out there, they were able to connect and they were like, oh, this is what we've been feeling. A lot of people said, I listened to this episode with my daughter. I listened to this episode with my son and it started a dialogue and that's all we ever wanted to do. Yeah. I wasn't like nervous about sharing (laughs) what goes on in my head because more people struggle with mental health illnesses Mm -hmm. than people who don't. And it's like, For me, I'm in the eighth grade, about to go to high school. I feel in middle school, she's kind of an awkward stage. No one ever wants to repeat middle school. Oh, I hate middle school. Ever. It's awful. (laughs) And Why? I just don't like it. (laughs) Is it the people? Is it the teachers? Is Is it because you feel like you're in between being independent, yet still teacher led or authority led? Like, what is it? The people, without a doubt, the people. Like the people, the students, the majority the students, but there's a couple teachers in there too. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. But it's also like 
I missed a big chunk of socialization. I'm surprised I pronounced that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed a big chunk of socialization. <laughs> See, you should have said it. Socialization from COVID. And then with going into sixth grade in like, what month? Let me think. I don't know. Towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think it was in April. Yeah, you guys went back. So I had like two months inside of school. And it was just kind of really not good for my anxiety. Because over COVID, my anxiety, which was socially based, has definitely gotten worse. And it was to the point where when restaurants finally opened back up, I wouldn't go out without my headphones. And I got nervous ordering food. What I noticed is you're so self-aware. The other day, you were having a hard time at school. You asked your gym teacher to be excused so that you could call me. And the fact that you knew that you needed to remove yourself from the situation before your anxiety reached a level that you couldn't come back from, you asked to call your parent. And I just think that is amazing. Yeah. You've always been self-aware. Like we would be in the house and something would be happening or you could feel yourself build. And then you would say, mom, dad, I'm sorry, but I need to take a break. That's a really good trait. I don't know if it came from therapy, if that's something that you just were born with, but I notice it. Other people notice it. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about a couple incidences where you kind of broke down. I don't know what to call it. I think was it a broke down is a breakdown it's, is it's a decent word. Okay. Because can you share what the breakdown was about, what you were feeling, how you were feeling, and what it was about? So, for me, I know that it's not the best nor the healthiest way to go about it. It's just sometimes I feel like I can't necessarily help it. But I will ignore and not think about my mental health whatsoever for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. And then it's like one slight thing just kind of pushes it off the edge. And at that point, it's just everything I've been building up for like months and months and months just comes out all in one. And it's just like tears, screaming, not sleeping again, waking up in the middle of the night, just, I don't really know. So So what... Wow, I didn't even... You didn't tell me what my question was. Wow, it just like drooped. One episode you had, you were crying and you were upset because you felt good. Yeah. That, if I'm being honest, I still don't understand that. I don't either. I know, but I think, I know you can't be the only one going through that. So maybe if you could share what that was about. I think it was that I was almost scared of feeling different than I already got adjusted to. And it's like, I feel like this is such a dramatic way to put it. 
But I feel as if I almost found like peace within like the everything going on mentally. Like I've just gotten So you felt peace not feeling your best and being sad and anxious is that what you're saying it's just because i felt like that for three years straight so it was like you were afraid to be happy yeah i was scared as to how that would affect and if and when it came back down how much worse it would be so basically you're saying you were up here with the medication with therapy you were starting to to feel good. You were feeling a different emotion. Yeah. And then you're saying that your brain was telling you it's not going to last. And you were bracing yourself for the fall to go back to where you were feeling previously. Yeah. That is something I wish I could take from you. Don't want that. I do. I, I do. Really because Leah... Know. It's it's just the opposite. It is your birthright to feel happy, to be carefree. You're only 14 years old. You have the rest of your life to feel despair, to feel anxious. It really did hurt me to hear that you were so afraid of being happy because you were waiting for the other shoe to drop. That really did me in. But again, it's 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 not about me. It is about you. I didn't know what to do, how to handle it. I mean, other than call your therapist. How do you feel now? If I'm being completely honest, I don't really know. I've mm-hmm. kind of... Chicken isn't the best or the healthiest, and I do not recommend doing this. What? But just kind of like ignoring it. Are you still ignoring your feelings? Yeah, to a degree. Do you think that's healthy? No. What can I do? What can dad do to help you not do that? Just patience. I feel I just need to get through that myself. Because, you know, I, believe it or not, I still don't love sharing my feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay describing how I feel, just not what's behind it. Okay. Well, I did notice that while all of that was going on, you did get back into the saddle. (laughs) You started to get to the barn more. Sonnet is happy. And fat. She is fat, but she is so happy to see you. She's excited. I don't think she's I know she really is. Well, she's a clipper and she was like, Twinkle She's a mayor, so you know how that goes. I also think your horse trainer is happy. So last, last, was it last weekend or the weekend before last? It was last weekend. It seems like it was so long ago, but you did another horse show. And we hadn't done a horse show in a long time. For the first time in a long time, I saw you in your element. You were smiling. You were happy. You had your horse friends. You had your best friend. You had your trainer. You had your family. I think that was the first show in a minute where I didn't, like, panic. You did not panic. You were so calm. You did an amazing job. I was so proud of both you and Sonnet. Sonnet did really good. She did. I mean, she had a little nervous guts there, and she was 
that's explosive hot lava coming out of her. I was like, Leah, what is that? She literally sharded. She did, and I was not excited about that. But anyway. And I had to keep rubbing her butt. <laughs> yeah, that was gross. And I was like, just throw the whole damn towel away. We just left the towel. Yeah, we did. We did. So there's it got no back way. to us. Yeah, no. I, I hope threw you, it away at the barn. Thank you, because there is no way that's coming I'm gonna back. I'm going to replace that one day with your shower towel. Leah, <laughs> you will be living with Sonnet. But anyway, to see your face, to see you light up, I loved it. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you know, but I made a little video vlog. I want you guys to watch the vlog because it shows Leah and her element from beginning to end, what it takes to get ready for a horse show, what it's like to compete in a horse show. Just watching you, my heart was so full. Yeah. My heart was so full and I felt like we're getting back to the old Leah. I had or not even the old Leah, but getting back to doing the things that you love. Yeah. I had fun at that show, too. I wasn't too stressed. Mm-hmm. And anything that Sana did wrong, it was just like me. <laughs> like, I did something a little wrong. I don't even think it's that wrong. I think maybe you guys may not have connected on that particular point. But I don't think it was wrong. I also realized how important equine therapy is. Definitely. And I'm so thankful that before you were diagnosed with anxiety and depression, you were already into horses. And I'm so thankful that we have that outlet because it is very, very, very important for you. And so much so that you said you wanted to start a foundation. I do. And what, what type of foundation would you like to start? I want to start an equine therapy foundation for anyone struggling with mental health, but specifically kids of color. I love your heart. You've always been the one to give back. You've always been the one to always think of others. Like a couple birthdays, we were at the animal shelter playing with the animals and donating. Right. (laughs) Almost came back with a dog named Donald. So weird. (laughs) It's like he he has a human name. But you've always been that kid to give back. And for you to think past yourself and to want to help others, especially, I mean, every, everyone needs help. Everyone needs help. And especially kids that look like you that may not have the opportunity, you know, to ever be around a horse or to ever get that kind of therapy. I think that speaks volumes about you and your heart. And it's not like I just want to focus on kids of color, but I just want to help a lot of people through equine therapy. And I feel good when I help others. Mm -hmm. Like with all the people that reached out on the podcast saying that it helped, I felt good about that. Okay. We can't give you the mic no more. I know. Like, what is... I'm going to make sure when we record again, Naya's going to get this mic. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And it's just, I just want to help. I feel good in helping people, especially with mental health. And if I was older and had the amount of money that I obviously want in the future, it's not a small number. <laughs> it's, um, 
I would have by now gotten like some old western trail horses and western pleasure horses to help people out and specifically western because it's like it's a little easier to ride a western saddle than an english saddle for sure yeah with the western saddle since they i don't even know what they do in western but they teeter and totter a lot so their saddles are built to be more supportive right but i think it's a little easier it's a wider saddle yeah. And it's bigger versus because even me having been around it for so long, I see that English saddle and I just get it's just tiny. so it's tiny. Like it's just this little I don't feel as secure in an English saddle as I do a Western saddle. Yeah. And I'm not like, oh, yeah, English is so much harder because like right. with English, everything you have to do is focused on your position. Mm-hmm. And in Western you're basically doing everything but your position. Right. You're wrangling cows, bulls, doing like borderline two-point turns on a horse. <laughs> I love it. I so love I feel it. they have a lot more to focus on than their position. I think the next few years, that's something that we can work on. Is to starting your foundation, getting a nice bunch of horses. And it's so ironic because we gifted our horse... Tommy to a program. Do you remember that program? Wounded Warriors. It was Wounded Warriors. And Tommy, come to find out, you had him in an English saddle. And Tommy said, uh, No, ma'am, I like cutting cattle. Who <laughs> knew? I'm so glad that Mo Dwayne put us in touch with that program. And Mo took great care of him. Tommy is living out west in New Mexico. And I think he winters in Florida or Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're or here. Pennsylvania, we're here. He's 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 all over the place. He's having but fun. It's okay. Tommy Tommy is living his best life, and and he basically is a therapy horse. And I am so excited. I think this is where God was leading you. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you listened. And we will do whatever it takes to get you there. And then before we go, I just wanted to point out we received lots of messages in support of you and your mental health journey and there was one in particular that stood out to me her name is margaret williams and she has a podcast called the everyday woman speaks and i just wanted to share a little bit of what she had to say about it it's a great compromise if you ask me so when i say sharing is caring like I mean, sharing your motherly experiences. I'm not saying sharing every single detail of your life with the entire world. I'm saying there's someone out there that needs to hear the victories and challenges of motherhood. They need to know like how you made it over, how you're still trying to make it over. Only you can share those experiences. I'll give you my own personal example. Outside of my 1,500 hair, nail, restaurants, decor, home construction pages that I follow on Instagram. Um, I also follow a lot of ADHD, autism, family mental health pages. And so two weeks ago, my algorithm fed me a post by McKnights of Magnolia. It's an African-American mother and daughter podcast. And the post detailed the release of a podcast episode about navigating teenage anxiety and depression. So I save the post as I do things that I might want to come back to or 
just so I can remember where things are. And I made a mental note to like go back and search for the podcast and listen. So on yesterday, while driving to pick up my son from school, I decided to find the podcast, subscribe to it, and listen. So this particular episode, the mom, her name is Dana, and the youngest daughter, whose name is Leah, transparently spoke about their journey with teenage anxiety. Y'all, I only made it through the first five minutes of this episode prior to me, like, bawling my eyes out. I was a total wreck in the car. Leah. (laughs) I was lucky enough to have a couple email exchanges with this beautiful woman. Her words jumped off the page to me. I said, I cannot wait to get home to share this with Leah. I didn't want to forward it to you. And I don't know if you remember that night, but I came home and I was like, Leah, stop what you're doing. I need you to come down. And we were in the kitchen on the island. Dad's at the table working. Yes. I'm working, I'm working. <laughs> and I was like, no, we have to stop. After you read the first sentence, he even started like, wow, that was beautiful. People always talk about a sense of community when you're doing things like this. And now I actually understand that. As she's reaching out to us saying how thankful she was to us that we put that information out there. I'm thankful that she shared that with us. It's her like she did us the favor I was so moved by her words I was so moved by her testimony that I was like you know what we need to keep going we need to keep doing this yeah so Margaret I thank you for your beautiful words if you guys have not checked out her podcast you need to it is called the everyday woman speaks you can find this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts but make sure you give her a listen she is a god-fearing woman she is a beautiful mother she's a beautiful wife it's people like that that makes it's better it it does it makes it so much better Is there anything that is on your heart? Is there anything else you're working on towards your mental health? No, actually. I mean, I am still working on voicing it more, but we already mentioned that. So I'm I'm good. Okay. You know, this isn't the end of it. We're going to keep... Yeah, we're going (laughs) to keep doing check-ins. We're almost at the end of mental health awareness month but for me i think mental health awareness should be every month with that we will end it here and then we will vow to continue to check in all right thanks guys thank y'all